Hallelujah. Uh, where's Eric? Is Eric here? Buddy, you're just getting to know the program entirely too I'm getting, much. I'm getting to feel this thing right now, Pastor. You uh, bet. Eric and I just got back. Boy, man, was the trip gone. How long was it going the one way? It took us 55 hours to get to Uganda on our flight over there. So Woody! Hallelujah. We, uh, we were quite exhausted by the time we finally arrived. Thankfully, we had a day off uh, by the time we got there because we needed to get caught up about three days' worth of sleep. Yep. But once we did, we were absolutely, ready to go. Absolutely. Preached four times, 7 to 1.30, and then get the next service at 5 o'clock that night, and then we just kept right on going, and Hallelujah. So we had lots of great things. And we'll probably get some footage put together. We will. Andrew's on vacation right now. Yep. That's why we won't be Bless able to show his heart. Yeah, he Hope needs to rest every so often. enjoyed that, Andrew. Yeah, he's probably watching right now. Hey, Andrew. Yeah, hey, Ashley. hi, Andrew. This is Good all your fault. Good seeing you from Destin, Florida. And uh, we had lots of great things happen, unusual things. We did. I, I think the uh, first time I've ever seen this, Pastor, uh, you know, we've been traveling for quite some time, but... We had some real unique miracles. We had people, Pastor prayed the last night for, uh, the, for people who had uh, tooth issues. They had holes in their teeth. Now, I must admit, I've heard this before, you know, in, in different services with Branham and different men of God. But uh, Pastor prayed a simple prayer. And we had people, I had a person come to the platform who had a hole in his tooth for 17 years. God instantly filled that tooth up. I, I was like, sir, open your mouth, yeah, please. I want to see it myself. And, and sure enough, it was, was in the front, it was, man. It was yeah. completely full. Then we had a woman that night who had a hole in her back tooth for two years. God instantly filled that hole up. It was a brand new tooth. It was amazing to see. Uh, so that was, that was amazing. I know it doesn't seem like, you know, blind eyes, you know, cripples walking. But I'm telling you, this, I've never seen someone just before, and I've been doing this for 27-plus years. And so, and then we also had broken bones that were yeah. instantly healed. As soon as Pastor prayed, we had a, uh, a man uh, who had a broken leg. Uh, had just broken it you know, a few days ago, was in obviously a lot of pain, but he came to church in faith, and after Pastor prayed, he said the pain was all gone. Yep. He walked in front of the entire crowd. mobility back and took off. And yeah, and then we had a woman who had a, a broken arm. Again, God instantly healed it instantly in, in service, and she came to, testimony, to, to the platform to testify what God had done. Those were just amazing. Those were yep. amazing, amazing miracles. And had just, that little girl birth defect that first night. She was born with her head over on her shoulder. and uh, That was one of the most notable miracles I've ever seen. popped right up, and God straightened up her head and freed it. and So that was a cool deal. Yeah, this girl was and probably maybe 10. Yeah, about Somewhere 10, near 10 to age. And, and she, I, you know, of course, I get the story. I share it with Pastor, and he gives it, you know, the crowd, the, the information. But I got a little bit more of the backside of the story. And she was born with a birth defect. Her, her, literally, her head laid on her neck. And when she came to platform, I'm looking at a girl that her head's completely straight, and, this, and, and she's telling me what God had done for her. I'm thinking, so you're telling me your head was laying on your shoulder moments ago, and when Pastor prayed, it instantly went yeah. back to normal. I said, yeah. And then how long have you had it since I was, since I was born? We had, a, gosh, we had cripples and... Lots of paralyzed legs. A, woman, a paralyzed man who was paralyzed for, since uh, 2016, got his strength back, walked to the platform, uh, a woman who was par whose hand was paralyzed, God gave her yeah. her mobility back. I remember the person, uh, pastor, the person that had a stroke. Uh, yeah. You prayed for him, and his first words were Jesus. When he was yeah. a stroke, he wasn't able to speak. Hadn't spoken, and that Couldn't was for like move. 17, 18 years. Yeah. And uh, God opened up his hand and loosed his leg, and he yeah. took off yeah. walking and been walking all, all over the place. And uh, so we, had a, we just had a lot of 
good stuff. And here's, here's the greatest miracle, church. We saw over 54,000 people come to Christ in that services. I just got that report moments ago. Ministered yeah. over 180,000 people in front of us, and over 20 million were watching on TV. Like TV. And something yeah. else is pretty unique, Pastor. Every single service, we had someone come that was watching us on TV or listening to us on the radio who came forward to share a miracle. So they, yeah. and be mindful, gas prices are bad in America. I think we all agree with that, right? Well, in Uganda, it's just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. And these people have to make a decision whether they're going to have food on their table or literally come to church. And they came to church in faith, and we saw God do amazing things. And each day, each night, we saw people come back saying what God had done for us on TV, watching yeah. the service on, uh, live on, on television, on radio. The doctor, there was a doctor that was, uh, he said he couldn't even get out of bed. He was a... Uh, because of witchcraft, uh, demonic. Of witchcraft. Yeah. And uh, he, one day he's a doctor, next day he is bed fast. And uh, couldn't get up. All he could do is just lay in bed. Yeah. And so his practice just disintegrated. And uh, he said, but I was watching television, and you started telling me what was going on, and you prayed that prayer. He said, as fast as you prayed it, God healed me. I got up out of that bed, and my practice is now back. And uh, he, he, gave, he gave me $100, which is a lot of... Millions of shillings. Yes. I had my first... $1,640,000 offering. Shillings. Yeah, shillings. Well, Eric, don't, take, was the, don't take the joy out of million dollars, Pastor. Yeah. We'd be paying for lots of crusades right now. Yeah, so I got my first million dollars. And, of course, when, by the time we got to the airport, it already given away a million something. And, uh, Which is about $250, everyone, just so you know that. But it was bigger than the last one. The last one, I only got 200000 I know. That was a cheap guy, I tell you what. But praise God. So uh, God did, just did a lot of great things. Praise God. Jason, don't I have a, you going to bring me a testimony today. Where is Jason? Jason. Huh? Jason, uh, yeah, yeah, Cat Henry. <laughs> You got, uh, give me, come up here, Mike's brother, I'm sorry. I, I, there he comes. Hey, yeah, Jason, praise God. Jason told me this young man has a great testimony. He said it's just a faith building. And uh, so come on up, Jason. And uh, so I don't know how he heard about the testimony, but uh, evidently they were talking. And uh, so... You have been coming a while with Mike. Yes. And uh, so... Uh, this, this is Mike Reidinger's brother. My what? Mike Reidinger's brother. Yeah, if you've seen Mike, they don't look anything like so. But you wouldn't know it anyway. So, but they're both great guys. And uh, do you play golf? Yes, I do. As bad as Mike? I'm pretty competitively bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. So, <laughs> listen, I've got Mike lessons. He's still lousy. No, but... Uh, He's not here in the audience. Okay. And uh, so tell me about your testimony. Well, I've been coming here for just a little bit over a year. Um, and I have really, in the past six months or so, strongly felt the presence of God in my life. And over Pentecost, I, I just was really enthralled with the Word. And for the entirety of my life, I've had this... Uh, growth on the side of my head. 
Uh, and it had gotten so large that my glasses wouldn't even fit. And during that week, I felt compelled to ask for healing. And it was very emotional. And I went to bed and didn't even think about it the next day. But then it just started to crumble and fall off. Within that weekend, it's completely gone. Wow. Praise God. Just sitting in here in the Word. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I've always had a difficulty with faith because I've never felt I personally was worthy because of the missteps I've taken in my life. Um, but through the teaching here, I've, God forgives all of us that accept him in our lives, and this was such proof. Yeah, praise God. That is a great... That's a great thing to praise. God, that is a cool deal. I, God help him beat Mike in golf. God, nobody should play this bad. And, and God just help him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So praise God. And also um, at work, some have noticed that it was missing. And they had asked, and I told them 100% what it was. And one of the gentlemen that were, were pretty good friends, he was like, how can, how can you believe that? He says, you're you're too analytical or, or you believe in science, et cetera, et cetera. I said, it has nothing to do with the belief in science. It has 100% to do with my faith. Yeah. And I said, no, I cannot not believe when God has given me this and shown me it so profoundly in my life. Amazing. That is great. And a great testimony to tell everybody you're working with. Yeah. Man, praise God. Come on, give Jesus a good round of applause. That, that's Great. Praise God. Hallelujah. I would say I'm not going to keep you long, but that'd start the whole service out wrong. So, uh, but it is a depend, independent day, right? A liberation. Praise God. And uh, so let's turn our Bibles today to John 10.10. 10. I know you say, ah, oh, man, you're going to talk about abundant life. No, I'm going to talk about that it's possible to live an unlimited life. And uh, I'm going to be teaching the next month, five or six weeks, on the power of seed. The power of seed. And I have no idea why people that have attended this church for two days don't grasp the power of a seed. I mean, I think I bought everybody in this place a book to keep a record of your seed. And uh, because I believe in keeping God and putting him in mind of what you've done, that he may respond to it. And uh, nobody should ever talk like they have need. They ought to talk like it's been met. Amen? You can't try to live a positive life and distort it and defile your fields of harvest with negative talk. And uh, so you didn't know that before, you know it now. Amen? All right. John 10, 10. And the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Why did Jesus use those words, more abundantly? 
What he's talking about and comparing it about is I came to give you life that no matter what measure you would compare it with, it is far short from the life that you have received. So in other words, people say, well, you know, I'm going to get a hundredfold. Well, don't limit yourself to a hundredfold because Jesus said, I've come to do abundantly above beyond all that you ask or think, according to the power of the faith that is working on the inside of you. What you have to realize is Jesus did not just come to blow up, to invest, or to make bigger portions of a lost portion of a life that had been dominated by sin. That's not what Jesus came to do. He came to give you life and then beyond any measure that you could ever find to compare it, he has already said, I give you a step above it. Now, he came to give us life. Somebody say life. That word life means zoe. It means the life of God. Doesn't mean the life of man. Doesn't mean the life that you can produce. It means that God came with a divine purpose in Christ Jesus to enable you to live the Zoe life. There is a life beyond the potential of man on earth. And so we're going to talk about that because a lot of people... uh, you know, they, they want things out of life and they believe. Let, let me say this, make it real simple. Quit listening to everything somebody tries to teach you. It will be astounding to you if you open up the Bible for yourself. You say, oh, I studied that. Well, quit studying by what he told you and open your eyeballs and allow God to teach you. The Bible says in 1 John, the fourth chapter, you have received the Holy Ghost that, and you have an anointing that you don't need, not, not excluding the fivefold ministry, but you don't need just everybody to spoon feed you what every word means. Grow up, open the Bible, and dare challenge what you're putting in your human spirit. Yeah, hallelujah. That's it. It is a powerful thing that you live by the scriptures. It's a deflating thing when you live by somebody else's interpretation of it. Not that we don't have teachers and so forth, but then we go home and prove those things that were in the scripture. So we're always under putting things under the scrutiny of the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to talk about you having Zoe life. Zoe, somebody say the life of God. Now remember that when Jesus walked the earth, he did not count it wrong to consider himself walking in the realm that God walked himself. Philippians, the second chapter. Jesus did not think it wrong to walk in the steps that God himself walked in. And he he quoted that and used that many times when he said, 
if you have faith, then use your faith like God uses his. In other words, walk in realms that ordinary people that are filled with fear, doubt, and misunderstandings walk. And you and I, as believers, have been empowered to conquer, to live beyond restriction, the hindrances of sin, the ceilings of unrighteousness, and to live in a place that only we, as the offspring of God, can live. Now realize Jesus said this, you can do all things through that which I have empowered you with. That all means that we can live beyond any expectation, limitation, oppression, imprisonment, attack, or whatever it might be that the world or hell itself brings our way. Too many of us have allowed the enemy to take us captive. And it's time to stop that and to rise up. Amen? Good, I'm glad you're more excited. Hallelujah. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have. Have what? Eternal life. When does eternal life start? Well, when I die. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. It starts when you get saved. You should not perish, be ruled by death, dominated by forces that man cannot control, but Jesus has given you eternal life. He has given you the power to live beyond the rule of death. Now, do you understand that that's what you have? That's what you have. So eternal life is simply life without a beginning and without an end. It is the God kind of life. And it motivated God to produce that through his love for mankind. And so we are to live life that has no end. And we are to live the life that God himself would live if he was here. Now, we know that Jesus was God in the flesh. Amen. When you see me, you have seen the Father. Amen. And so Jesus comes down and he becomes a light to those that have been canopied by death or those that sit in the shadow of death. And then Jesus comes to free them that live or sit in that type of darkness. Now, Jesus came to free them. What did Jesus do? He came to show you and I how a righteous man that does not bend to sin could live by faith.
So the Jesus life is possible. Be you imitators of me as I am an imitator of God. Ephesians uh, 5.1 and tells us that we are to be imitators of God. I don't think God lives the life that half the body of Christ lives. I don't think he would even consider that a God expression. I'm not getting on you, but I want to make you mad enough that you kick your enemies out of your house and you'll rise up and put new doors on it, change the locks on it, and quit succumbing to a powerless adversary that has no right to rule your life. So if you get a little ruffled, a little offended, if you've been here for two weeks, you already know that's coming. So, you know, just take a deep breath and get over it. Amen. And so, then if we look at John 5.24, 5.24, this is just a real basic introduction into where we are going. John 5.24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Let's look at verse 24 again. It says, He that sent me hath after he dies, eternal life. Is that what that says? That's what it says in the unrenewed mind. That we have eternal life when we die. No. He that believes on him that sent Jesus Christ, when he does that, he hath. He now possesses. Not in the future. He right now possesses the Zoe of God. Is that what it said? Yeah, come on, somebody praise God. That's what it says. And then it says this, and it says, but he is passed from death unto life. Now, how can you live under the canopy of death when you have been infused with eternal life. Oh, let me help you. No faith. Not that you don't have it. It's just that you don't use it. Death only has rule over those that have been freed from it and translated into the kingdom of his son or the kingdom of life, the kingdom of purity, the kingdom of power. He only has power over them by people that don't use their faith. Could again, amen. Absolutely. Praise God. Now let's go to 1 John 5.11. I just want you to see that you have it. Somebody say, I got it. I'm not looking for it. Come on. I'm not looking for it. I've got it. 
Now you have the life of God. Then why are we so prone not to exercise faith to experience it? First John 5:11. And this is the record that God hath given us when we die eternal life. And this life is where? In his son. God hath. Somebody say hath. Anybody in here uh, an English teacher? Any, anybody remotely familiar with English? I, I'm not. You are? What does hath mean? What does hath mean? Does that mean you're going to get it? What does half mean? That means it's promised to you, or is it a now reality? You're right. You have eternal life, and that life is in the sonship of Christ Jesus, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It is our eternal inheritance. And doesn't start when we die because really we have died under sin and we are now resurrected in righteousness. So eternal life starts right now. It starts when you receive the Son. You receive the Son. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says that when we receive in Christ the spirit of adoption, when we are baptized into Christ because of our repentance, then we receive eternal life. And in that receiving of sonship, we cry, Abba, Father. And in that, Abba, Father, we receive life, and that life is the joint heirship with Christ. If the Son hath life, everybody that's in him has life. Could I get an amen? Everybody has eternal life. As soon as we cry, Abba, Father, through the new birth, we automatically receive eternal life. Right now. Not coming. Right now. Somebody say right now. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. Praise God. And so, what we want to realize is that we as Christians already, now listen to me, listen, please listen to me. I know you don't do it often, but concentrate. Focus. You have it all. You have it 
all. You aren't waiting to get a portion of it. You have it all. You have it all. We have unlimited life. God will withhold no good thing from you. Have you ever heard, I want a double portion? You know what? Jesus never once mentioned a double portion. You can't get a double portion when it's all been given to you. Hello? Double portion was an Old Testament statement that was mentioned about three times. One had to do with anointing. Another had to do with blessing coming up on someone that they would get a double blessing. But all of those blessings and eternal life is given to you and I through sonship. You can't get no better than sonship. I have been anointed of God. I don't have to pursue Elijah to get us another portion. Now, it makes good for a message, but it simply doesn't make sense if you've got it all. Jesus said these words, all power has been given unto me. He didn't say there's room enough for another portion. He didn't say all power has been given unto me, now you go. Understand that Jesus says, I have all power. There is no double portion in Christ Jesus. There's a kind of hush. All over. Now, listen, hear what I'm telling you. You have eternal life. How much of it do you have? Hmm. Yeah. All of the fullness of God is in Christ. And when you are in him, you are filled with his fullness. Now, when we talk about, well, you know what? Uh, and we have, we, we've had in the past, you know, services, hey, tonight's going to be double portion night. Why would you come and get a double portion when God has already anointed you? And you dwell in the anointed one. Why do you need a double portion when Jesus said, Behold, you have power over serpent scorpions and uh, serpent scorpions. Thank you. And over all the power, all the power, all the power. Doesn't how many come, doesn't matter how many gang up on you. You have all the power, all the power, all the power over the what? The enemy. Now, if you got all the power, just where are you going to get double from? I love, listen, folks, you so short sell yourself trying to hear something that you don't have 
so that you can scrounge it by faith or have something to say or something to do when if you just read the Bible, it'll tell you the truth and free you from limitation. Thank you for those six Catholics being grateful. I'm just telling you that we have listened to good messages and counted them as truth. Hmm. Anyway. Yep, it's the truth. It's the truth. Let's go to 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. There's coming a day that if we will accept what God said about us, that we will walk in the abundant life that he has purchased for us. Amen? And... uh You know, I'm honored that, you know, people say, oh, praise God, God's hands on you and all that. Well, that's true, but it's on you too. Every time I show a video, I tell you, you can do this. The problem is we don't. Amen? So let's rise up and start doing it. Amen? Praise God, just get busy. Tear the kingdom of darkness up. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1.4 Simon Peter, a servant of an, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now this is to them that have obtained, obtained, have now received, taken ownership of like precious faith. That like precious faith means that the faith that every believer receives is stamped out identified as the same faith that Peter lived by. And then it says, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According, what's these words so important? According as his divine power, this word just keeps messing our theology up. Our power hath, somebody say hath, somebody say hath, somebody say hath, given us all things. How many things? Now if you have all, there are no more portions. There are no more portions. Quit begging for power. Quit begging for God to do this or God to do that. And you just start doing it. Well, what if it don't work? Stay home. But it says that God hath given us all. How many? All. How many? All. How many? 
all things that pertain to life. Now I'm going to throw a great question on you. How could you ask God to give you anything that pertained to life when he, by his infallible, unchangeable nature and word, has said he just gave it all to you? Paul tried that one time, said, hey, God, I, I prayed three times. You get rid of this devil off me. God said, Paul, let me tell you something. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, use what I've done for you. And if you don't use it, the devil's going to keep on kicking you around the arena. I sometimes think that we just all think that we're a bunch of water-washed Sunday school kids. That we just can't read the Bible and believe it. Let's just believe the Bible. All things that pertain unto life. Could you get anything else that pertain to life from God? If he hath given you eternal life, and it says right there that he gave you all things, somebody say all things, that pertain to life. So the bottom line is this. You could live whatever level of Zoe that you want to live. Now see, that makes the religious mind. I hear those gears grinding and those teeth grinding. I don't care. I've dealt with that old religious, ignorant devil for years. So you just might as well get over yourself and read that Bible right there. All these things that pertain unto life and what? And godliness. What does godliness mean? You know that there is no place for sin to be dominant over any believer. God has given you all things that pertain to godliness. All things that pertain to life and all things that pertain to godliness. That's why when Paul writes in Romans, the sixth chapter, sin shall not have dominion over you. The only way that sin rules in a believer's life is you have to release the dominion that you have over sin. And if you didn't have dominion over sin, I would tell you, don't wait for the rapture because you ain't going. If you didn't have power over sin, you would constantly be doing it. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You know, temptation doesn't have power over me. Not just because I fear Phyllis, alimony, divorce. I don't fear any of those things. 
but I fear God. And I'm not going to succumb to it, and I don't have to, and I don't have to ask God, help me with my temptation any more than Jesus had to ask for it in the wilderness. I'm telling you, I got one happy Presbyterian over here. All right, let's go back to 2 Peter. Through the knowledge, some might say of the knowledge, the discovery of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Next verse. Oh, gosh, this is so good as confirmation. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now, where is the ability to live life Zoe, the God life, that pertains to life and purity found in the scripture, in the promise. Amen? And it says that by these, the promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Wow. The divine nature the life of God and the purity of God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What I'm trying to get you to see is that you and I have an unlimited access to the Zoe of God. And the only reason that we don't live in it is because we don't use our faith in it. Now, if Jesus gives it all to us, then we got all. Jesus never once mentioned double portion. Where would he get a double portion greater than him? Not in there. And then, John 6, 68, where Jesus asked Peter, do you want to go away with me? And Peter said this, where would we go? You only have the words of eternal life. In other words, what Jesus spoke was filled with life. Amen? Praise God, that was a weak one. I need my presbyterian. Keep me going here. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's just switch just a moment. What time is it, fellas? Till 10? Oh, okay. Uh, how long have I been preaching? Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's kicking it up now. These promises, believe it or not, are called laws. They are things that govern the access of Satan to the believer and the access of the believer to God. These are 
eternal laws. The Bible said it this way, Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Anybody know what a key is? It is something that you unlock or that you lock. You either close the doors to or you gain access to. Jesus said, I behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Well, how do we bind and loose them? Well, the typical way is, I bind you, devil. But another way is to act on a promise. Because if you set a promise into motion, guess what? You have stopped the access of Satan to your life. It's kind of like, do you want to stop poverty? You ju you, do you want to reverse it? All you have to do is do what Jesus said to do. Give, and it shall be given. Press down, shaking together, running over you, say, oh, I, I just, oh, no, that's what the Bible said. Now, I didn't say that. But I do know that it's one of the things that pertains to the life of God. And you can live that life. Amen? You can live the life of God by simply putting faith in every promise of the Lord. That's all you got to do. If you resist the devil consistently with action, faith being released, and watching your mouth, he will flee from you. Don't give him place. Take the place back. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So these are keys. Somebody say keys. They are called laws. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says that the law of the spirit of life. You know there is a law of the spirit of life. What's the law of the spirit of life? If you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the law of the spirit of life causes you to be adopted into the kingdom of God, translated out of the kingdom of darkness, placed in the kingdom of God's dear Son, raised up and seated together with all sonship privileges. Now see, that's a law. That's a law. The devil cannot keep you. The devil cannot keep control of you. And God cannot refuse you as if he would want to. He doesn't. But realize it's a law of life. Now here's the thing about the laws of the kingdom of God. They work like the laws of the world. If you don't enforce them, they won't work. Years ago, we used to have a pornography problem in Shelby County. And churches started, and ours included, started picketing these businesses. And so what happened was, it's not illegal to have that pornography, it's illegal to display it. 
So now you go into truck stops and every penthouse, playboy, woo-woo book, whatever they're called, they have pieces of wood or something that covers them so you can't see them. Because if you see them and enforce the law, they will pull their license to sell that type of material. But if you don't do anything, as was the case before the churches got together, then it was free to do so. It's kind of like, you know, we have noise ordinances. But if you don't enforce it, no police are going to come. So if you don't activate or enforce one of these laws, God is not showing up. He'll watch over his word, but if you don't mix faith with it, he will not perform it. Now you can blame God, you know, complain about God, but... He's a just and holy God. All of his deeds are righteous. So complain all you want. He's watching over his word to make sure that not one part, jot or tittle, will fall to the earth. What God is doing is saying, I will enforce my law if you apply your faith to it. Amen? All righty. Then Romans 3.27 says, What causes men to live free from the law and still be accepted by God? It's done by the law of faith. You know that there is what we just discussed. There is the law of the spirit of life. These are laws. But you have to to learn them and apply them. Secondly, then what you have to do is there is a law of faith. What does the law do? It works the same way every time. And if you ever looked at Miss Liberty, she's blind. In other words, she's not a respected person. She stands there for anyone that calls upon her balance of right and wrong. I'm not telling you that works today, but in theory, it's supposed to work. So what God is saying is this, I'm not a respect to persons. All the promises of God are yea and amen. God will not withhold one law from you. You have to act on the law or the word that will bring life through faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So... There is that we want to make sure. The Bible says in this, and we're, we're going to wrap here. 
First John 5, 4 says this. Whoso is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world. The world that overcomes, defeats, pulls down, and rules the kingdom of darkness and all of its inhabitants. It says it is the faith that bringeth the victory. In other words, faith is a law, and it trumps every activity of the kingdom of darkness. It trumps it. So if somebody would say, well, you know, I, I, I see right here that, uh, you know, uh, this was a law that he wasn't allowed to do this. Well, the judge would say, I know that. And his lawyer pipes up and says, but ordinance 772 has an amendment to it. And God it was a, and judge it was a, a went into effect seven years ago and it's been upheld by other courts. So the judge would say, huh, well, what is that? Anybody that wants this law in force should be thrown out of court. Well, throw him out of court. But because you enforce a law greater than the law that may have had access to you, it's kind of like if you sin, then sin has dominion over you. Except it is trumped by the law of repentance. So we use the laws that we have to trump all other laws. Amen? Hallelujah. So today, I don't want you, I really want to get in your mind, stop living limited and scrounging at somebody's feet for crumbs of something new. When if you would have used the old that you learned 40 years ago in our Sunday school classes, you wouldn't have to have anything new. I've been using what I've been preaching for 40 years. You know what? I'm no longer an addict. I'm no longer a wife beater. I'm no longer anything that displeases God. I'm not broke. I'm favored. I have doors open to me. I'm brought between, before kings and princes and governments. Who in the world does that for a high school dropout? Only God. But see, I've never been one to follow fads. I've been one to live the gospel. And when I discovered giving, I became a giver. And that giving has brought me to a place that I'm able to give greater than I've ever given before. We were sitting at a table the other day and and uh, the guy said, 
Well, I'd like to put on this crusade for $200,000, American dollars. I seen Eric's eyes flutter. Because he was saying, I thought, Pastor, as soon as he opened his mouth, you were going to open yours and say, okay, I'll do that. And we've done those, but I kept my mouth shut. Yeah, I kept it shut. And Eric said, oh, Lord, Pastor, I thought to myself, oh, Pastor, please take a sip of coffee, you know, spill it on you, make God clean your shirt. Oh, Lord, please, Pastor. He said, because I know Peter, Peter uh, Dosik Ministries, I know their finances. He said, now, we're booked out way back into uh, 23, he said, but man, don't do this to me, pastor. So I didn't. But I want to tell you something. You begin to get into that which promotes life, it will be greater than you can handle. I taught a little guy yesterday. I, I, I paid him $100 for doing some work for me. He's like, I don't know, nine years old. And uh, so I gave him $100. And uh, so I told him, I said, now listen to me. You can take this to Bath Pro and spend it. You know what? You're going to be broke again. I said, but I'll tell you what, if I was you. Now, you want a bass boat. Yep, I do, Pastor. I said, then you're going to take this hundred dollars. You're going to put your hand on it right now. Because God said that he would bless what you put your hands to. And then every time you find a quarter, a dime, a penny, you're going to put it into this jar or into this envelope. And what you're going to do is you're going to thank God every day. And I told him how to write out what he was believing God for. I said, and every day, you're going to thank God. And I said, I don't know if people's going to give you money. If they do, you don't spend it. The second thing you're going to do, you're going to make sure you tithe and you keep seed going. But you're going to expect that God, in some way, is going to bring you a bass boat. Now, his expectations is a used one. 3500 bucks. That's a lot of money for a kid starting out with $100. Amen? And uh, so they sent me a thing back from his room. Because I told him, I said, write it down in a book. Because sure enough, if you don't write it down, you'll be sticking your hands and swiping that $100 out of there. And just so happened that the wind was blowing, I said, here's money. I said, if you don't put it somewhere, there it'll be gone. Now that little guy is going to get a bass boat. But he's going to use the laws of giving. And the laws of giving are the laws of release. See, you give and it's given back. You sow and you reap. 
It is a double-coined law. You give, you receive. You plant, you release. Why? Because God has told you that if you do it, this is what will happen. So when you sow, you release. When you sow, you release. And so that is a divine law. And we're going to be talking about these laws of giving. These laws of giving. You don't need any great revelation of giving. You just need to do it, need to know how to resist the temptations to back up, to cave in, to cry and to run in fear. And you will begin to be victorious and you'll have a hundred, not, you know what, I really even hate to say a hundredfold. Because that indicates some type of limitation with God. And God will withhold no good thing from you. Yep, praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Eat plenty of hot dogs. Start your diet on Tuesday like me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you really going to start on Tuesday, Pastor? I have all the intent that I've had the first 50 Tuesdays up to this one. But my intent is strong. My clothes are tight. And Phyllis told me, getting a little big there, baby. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's letting out my pants. I got a great big pink stripe right back of my pants so these would fit me today. No, I'm kidding. Raise your hands up high. Father, in the name of Jesus, we will walk by the laws of the spirit of life. You've already given us eternal life. You've given us everything that pertains to life. We can't get any more. We just got to have faith in what you've done. Now, Father, as we loose or set in motion our faith, in any laws of the kingdom, it automatically binds the devil's activity. Now, God, we want to thank you. You've given us everything that we need. And God, we're going to start living in the abundant life. That life that you designed for us. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night as we are continuing our faith revolution. God bless you guys. Have a happy Independence Day.